Yeah, hello and welcome to another episode of Voices for Scotland podcast, where we um, we, we just give this every two weeks and speak about what's going on in politics and what's not going on in politics and giving people a voice as well. Um, joined by Aaron from Voices for Scotland. How's it going, Aaron? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, busy time as always, but yeah, it's good to be busy. Yeah, um, I must admit, before we get into the news and all that, we, we better say well done to Scotland, because <laughs> the last time we were, we were building up to the big game and, and, and all that, so that was that was quite exciting, that, that game. It was very exciting, uh, very nerve-wracking as well. Typical Scottish fashion of losing a goal in the last minute. But, you know, maybe it's a, a, a change of direction and a change of fortunes because obviously we qualified and we got through that time. So, yeah, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, so let's move on to Voices for Scotland because if people haven't saw, well, I don't know why you haven't saw, get, get on to the Twitter figure because you're very, very busy with events. So let, let us know um, what events you've got coming up. Well, um, the, the main event, the big event really is the, the big Indy Night Inn that we've got coming up on the 12th of December. And um, yeah, basically it's, it's a big, massive indie festival to end 2020 uh, and go out with a bang. We've got like so we've got Elaine C. Smith hosting it. We've got Dougie McLean, uh, Jackie Cage, any Godley, any Reader, um, Leslie Riddick, Val McDermott. The list goes. It's, a, it's an amazing lineup, um, and we're just yeah we're really excited to 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 share that night and share that event with everybody. So yeah, more information on that is on our website at voicesforscotland.scot. Um, and you'll get a, a, a prompt to go to the page for the big Indie Night Inn. But yeah, really exciting event, um, really um, great way to end the year. I've got music, chat, poetry, comedy, everything that you'd want uh, for a, a sort of end, end of year party. Um, and all the money that we, so tickets are tickets are £10 for that, which is, is great value for a day day-long festival. And all the money that we raise for that goes into our campaign fund because we've got a lot happening with the campaign. Um, we're launching a new thing called uh, Be A Voice um, in the next couple of days, which um, you can go to our website and see more about that as well. But it's about connecting people and people telling their stories about why they support independence. So, um, And also we're going to be supporting the artists that are involved as well. So um, we've also got quite a, a few big names in there as well, but there's some, some other artists that struggled this year because they're not being able to to do gigs and stuff like that as well so a percentage of the money that we bring in from that will go to to supporting those artists as well so that's that's the big thing we've also got our usual get together events and um, we've got one uh, a week tomorrow um on gender balance in scottish politics um, and we've also got one tomorrow night um on a very pertinent topic on scottish borders with um bill austin who we're also joined by today. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, and Skegger listening to me and you speaking uh, waffle the non, well, maybe not you, but I, I kind of waffle on it quite a lot. Um, and and um, but before Alan says it, yeah, I do waffle on, because um, I know you're dying to say that there, Alan. <laughs> but um, without further ado, we're joined by Bill Austin um, to, today on the podcast. Hi, Bill. How you doing? I'm not not bad. Um, thanks for giving up your time because I know it's a busy, busy time at the moment. No dramas. We're looking forward to this. Yeah. 
So I'll, I'll just hand over to Alan. Yes. Yeah, so Bill, you've um, written a paper for the Scottish Independence Convention on borders, which is part of a series of um, papers, the transition papers, which outline um, where an independent Scotland needs to be and highlighting some of the key issues. So maybe, you could, I don't know if you could just start off with giving us a bit of an overview of the paper you've written and the sort of key findings from that. Um, an overview uh, would be, um, it really sort of falls into four areas where the UK government currently is on borders and the, the Stramash and the Burach that they're in. Mm. And then um, to, to dismantle the hard border um, pejorative term, because it's a made up term, it's, it belongs to Project Fear 2. And then from there, uh, move into where a Scottish customs service should look like and, and what its priority should be. And then finally, the aspirational side, because although um, on the one hand, people might say, oh my God, that's a lot of change on the horizon for self-government. Well, actually to have a customs service in Scotland to be saying that, that the top five in the world because there's a lot of help out there to, to actually make that happen. Why shouldn't we aspire to do that specifically to raise revenues for our country and our communities? And then politically, um, where our priorities lie? Is it to give corporations big subsidies or is it to help the disabled and all the other communities that desperately need revenues? It's all about priorities. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and that's actually a point that I picked up um, picked up on uh, from the paper and I'll maybe come back to that um, in a minute or two because one of the one of the first things I wanted to ask you about actually was about um, a hard border now, this has obviously um, really dominated the the narrative when it comes to Brexit um, about a hard border in Northern Ireland and one of the things that um, I wanted to ask you about was how, how do how, where does where does the myth, myth where does this as you sort of phrase it as a sort of myth about um, a hard border where does that come from and how does how does the debate in Scotland move away from that because if in, in, with, with independence um, Scotland probably would seek to rejoin the EU and would probably have alignment with um, the sort of EU standards and policy so um, how, do, how do we move away from that um, um, myth about a hard border and, and get around that well, you know, uh, if, if there's people watching this just now and they're into a wee bit of audience participation, invite them to grab their phone and have a quick look at uh, Google in the World Customs Organization, because obviously uh, internationally that's the overarching organization. Mm. And World Customs Organization on the front page of the search box, tap in hard border and tell me what comes up. Um, if anybody finds anything, could you let me know? And then the second one, the, the one down from that is uh, the membership rules to join the EU are included in the EU Aquis. And these are fairly specific uh, terms laid out by the EU. Same thing, grab your phone, find EU Aquis, where you'll get about 14 chapters, mostly on customs, where here are the rules that we would have to comply with. Tap in hard border, let me know what you come up with. 
you know, so it just completely blows hard borders out the water. Where does hard borders come come from? It's an easy MSM term to frighten people. You know, it's it's an aggressive thing. Hard, but the, the the way the World Customs Organization and the EU Customs Organizations set themselves out is to facilitate trade and encourage trade. Clearly, within that, the customs are a law enforcement organization because whatever law you've got saying you must pay revenue on these goods, well, that's there to be enforced. But what I'm saying is there's there's ways of going about it. Hard border, or, or put it another way, you're now the ambassador for Scotland and you're trying to sell uh, us as a country to invest in and trade in. Mm. And you're sitting there dressed like an SS general, you know, in black with silver runes and saying, yeah, 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 we, we, we've got a hard border. We, we, we kind of go about things a different way. I mean, for goodness sake, you know, common sense and logic would tell you that's daft. Yeah, and, and it, it, it does, the, just the term hard border does create quite a, an emotive sort of uh, mental imagery of checkpoints. And, you know, you, I don't know if anybody's ever visited Berlin and got a checkpoint Charlie or... Uh, you know, thanks to, you know, checks in, in Northern Ireland as, as well. It is very emotive. Um, and yeah, yeah, it, I, it, I guess that's that's the, the narrative behind what we hear about so much in the in the Brexit debate. Yeah, and, and this is where it gets kind of, you know, how do we shift Scottish opinion? What, what I would suggest to everybody listening in is don't think in terms of the wee stretch of, uh, land between the Solway and the Tweed. When you have a look at a map of Scotland and a 200 mile uh, circumference to our our waters, what you have to do is lift your sights on this from a wee bit of hard border to a legal jurisdiction, which actually is jimongous. Mm. Uh, and for Scotland to set up a custom service, where are we talking about? Where, where would you like this hard border? Would you like it in Barra? Would you like it in Unst? Would you like it in the beach at uh, Ballantrae? Mm. I mean, th- this is where it gets kind of daft. So, you know, any any custom service, and this is where my own experience uh, in Africa and, and Eastern Europe comes in, you sit down with a blank piece of A4 and you work out where your revenue strategy is. Your government tells you where, where you would like to, to, to raise cash. And then you hand it across to the customs service and they carry out uh, risk management uh, analysis. And from that falls out, okay, we've only got a thousand troops. Where are they actually going to be? Are we going to put a thousand troops between Solway and Tweed? Again, you know, like even just thinking about it like that, that's that's daft. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and on, on that yeah, in the report, we talk about smart borders. Um, can you give us a bit of an explanation of what that actually means? Yeah, well, rewind to, to what was suggesting about uh, Scotland's customs legal jurisdiction, which runs from Solway Tweed all the way up to Unst, all mm. the way out to uh, our uh, oil fields and what have you. Within that huge area, um, that, that we'll call it a customs zone, if you like, because, you know, in terms of smart borders, there's no such thing as a, a smuggling home run. If a dude gets a 20-foot container's worth of cigarettes 
from the continent to Edinburgh or Liverpool, it doesn't stop being of interest to the customs. You can still carry out your controls and your law enforcement in a warehouse in Edinburgh or somebody's backyard in Liverpool. The, the whole country becomes a customs area. Therefore, in terms of smart borders, what it means is that your resources are allocated to where you pick up intelligence, et cetera, where you can enforce the law. And clearly, or, 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 what I'm trying to suggest is just because someone crosses a line on the map, the border yeah. doesn't mean to say that, 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 that they've been successful in getting contraband into the country. That, that, that's, that's daft. So what I'm saying is in terms of smart borders, there would be, uh, there's any amount of uh, smart IT kit now, which can tell you which vehicles, et cetera, are, are moving. And within that, um, your own intelligence systems within uh, Scotland can, 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 do, can be very, very effective in screwing up that, that, that guy's day, that smuggler's day. What, what, what I'm also just suggesting here is that the, the way the, the Brits have, they, they destroyed customs and excise. So all, this, all the customs stations that Scotland used to have, where folk would walk in and say, well, do you know what? I think there's something naughty going on at the end of the road or we saw lights uh, off, the, off the coast. All of that's gone. Yeah. It would be in Scotland, uh, you know, our community's interest to build up an infrastructure again and, um, you know, like set ourselves out so that we can feed each other in order to raise revenues and protect the revenues that we need for our communities. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, so much of this, it, it really sounds like it, it does come down to um, intelligence about what's going on. Uh, the goods that are coming in and out and, and sort of managing that in a sensible or smart way, you know, and, and, and that, that sounds um, sounds like the, the way that it should be. Um, and and I th it's, it's really interesting to, to hear you, to the way that you phrase it and the way that we, we view um, that, um, the, the zoning, if you like, and what the border actually means and that if, if somebody does smuggle a container of cigarettes into the country, that yeah, you can pick that up in Edinburgh. It, you know, it's it's actually stopping the. It's about managing that and understanding what's happening and, and where it is. Um, and there's a there's another and just sort of to follow on from the, the point that you just made there um, about and and something that I picked up again that you, you'd written about the the number of in investigators that the DWP has compared to the HMRC, um, and it's I, I suppose a bit about the emphasis on. Um, on resources and, and how we manage the border and, and you know, like you're saying, of the interest in, in that tax revenue. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It all comes down to political priorities. And, and again, this is potentially one of the exciting things about setting up a new customs service because it has to be seen within, okay, what, how do you want this service to um, assist the country? And the answer is uh, find money uh, legally while facilitating uh, legitimate trade. Because again, um, the whole if, if customs guys are, are seizing things and making arrests, well, largely that's because things have gone wrong. Um, you know, the, 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 the way it's normally explained is a traffic light system. Green is compliant, importers and what have you. 
oranges um, where people are new to the game or that they're not actually very experienced. And then red is the enforcement side. The utopian scenario for a customs guy is everybody's green. Okay, and, and that way, and where that comes from is facilitation, education, and being a good guy. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, you can you can manage your resources into, okay, well, if we do have red traders, what resources do you want to put in? What's, what size of black economy do you think the, co the country could cope with? Because, you know, cash trading and all the rest of it, that's, that's actually really hard to nail. In answer to your question about the DWP, well, that's exactly where our political priorities determine whether you're chasing a guy for his £71 a week ESA because he's cleaning windows for cash. Mm. Do, do we want to chase that guy? Or should we maybe have a look at the corporation who generates ridiculous amounts of wealth in Scotland and then shifts that wealth to a tax haven? Should we, should we be thinking about that? Obviously, uh, what I would suggest is that's where my resources would be going. No, absolutely. And, and you know, what strikes me is that this is something that really affects everybody in the country in, in terms of the tax revenue that we bring in, because that is money spent on hospitals and infrastructure and transport and all the rest of it. Um, but it's something that we can't, we can't change in Scotland as it is now. I mean, because these are reserve matters and the only way that we, we can make those changes is first of all to have independence but then also to have the public and political will to put in place um, a system and a structure like you're describing and like you've suggested in your report um, do you do you feel like um, that there is that political will and that in, in that within Scotland as it stands right now or is, or is there, there more work that needs to be done? in educating and informing people about what needs to, to change in an independent Scotland? Uh, that's a storming question, and it's storming because I don't know the answer. Uh, my, given that, for example, uh, Commonweal, uh, clearly the, their thinking comes in from the left, and therefore they are pro the NHS and, and all the, other, the, the, the million other good things that need supporting, and then on the other hand, we've got Scott Gov, who, if, if you look at the SNP's website and look on uh, for revenues or customs and borders, there's, there's a big blank. Mm -hmm. the, the only thing that we've got politically recently was the Growth Commission. And for the life of me, you know, when I went through it, looking at it from a customs point of view, I thought this, this, is, this has been written for big business. And actually, it's contrary to what I'm suggesting that a, a, a community-driven revenue system would aspire to. And, and that, 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 that was kind of my final point. Where do we, where do we want to be heading to? What, what is it we want to achieve? Is it, is it to give corporations big subsidies? Because that makes us good to invest in. Or do we want to address the million and, other, the million and one other things? I mean, but you, you only need to go to Norway and see how swept up they are. They, they've, they've only got about a thousand customs people in their customs service, and it's actually fairly swept up. You know, the, 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 their communities, they're well established, yada, yada. Um, you know, their support networks and all the rest of it, that comes from customs revenues. Yeah. And, 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 but what I'm also saying is, 
um, in terms of a, a national revenue strategy, customs is only one cog in the wheel. You know, there, there's any amount of taxes and revenues that could be raised, some that are not, like uh, land reform. Yeah. Um, so what? <laughs> back in the day, if it was to hoist my red flag, I would talk about uh, the distribution, the redistribution of wealth. Yeah. Well, actually, a, a, a customs, a, a revenue system set up in Edinburgh which looks at the redistribution of wealth wouldn't be a bad thing, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's such such an important thing uh, in the context of what we're talking about. But I, more broadly, in terms of um, independence in general, is I, I really feel that we do need to be talking more, much, much more about the country we want to be. Um, a lot of the discussion, a lot of the debate is about timing of a referendum and what what the polling's like but there's not for me and and very much what we're trying to do with voice for scotland is to get people talking about what what an independent scotland actually looks like how it will function how it will run um and i feel like the 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 paper that you've you've written on on the borders and, and everything associated with that is a is a really um in, important step in, in you know setting out that vision so hopefully it does get people um Get people talking about it, this and other issues um, a lot more. Um, the other thing I was going to—it's maybe a bit of maybe a bit of a step backwards in the conversation, but I think it's always a useful exercise. I find if you if you look at the systems that you have in place right now, and you think if I was going to create, a, if I was going to create a, a, a similar, if I was going to create something like. Um, HMRC or customs or the new borders policy, would I do it the same as it is today? Um, from you know your experience and, and, and from the, the report you've written, what are the, the sort of key things that need to change from where we are right now and where we need to be? Okay, when, when London talks about uh, regaining control in the hard borders, what they're talking about is being anti-immigration uh, the, the UK border force are the guys at ports and airports, but they're 90% focused on immigration and therefore the revenue side of life, you know, collecting the revenue or, or, or establishing, uh, yeah, the, the, the contraband side of life, that's not happening. Mm. Uh, so with the best will in the world, um, what, what do we want? Do we want just to be anti-immigration and xenophobic, you know, the... Uh, I can't can't remember the the exact phrase the unwelcoming society thing. Yeah, yeah. Is, is that what we want, or do we want Scotland to be a a, a front foot EU member state or EFTA state, where actually uh, we can trade with folk, we welcome freedom of movement, and all of these good aspirational things? Uh, well, the way the 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 UK is currently set up is dysfunctional because. Just mentioned the UK BF side of it. That's immigration. There are no customs guys at ports and airports. There mm -hmm. hasn't been a customs officer at a port or an airport since 2005. So, so, so there's a bit of a fig leaf going on when you hear um, politicians saying, yeah, yeah, customs officers, customs legislation. They're having a laugh. You know, Gordon Brown get rid of customs and excise in 2005. So what we've got is two separate organisations. HM Revenue and Customs, the customs bit, all work inland. They all work at VAT offices or inland revenue offices. 
there are no customs officers in ports and airports. So where's your hard border now? I think that, that'll come as a shock to a lot of people to believe that, because, you know, you, when you come through the airport, you know, do you have anything to declare? It doesn't make it, it doesn't matter which line you follow. There's nobody there. Is that no, right? It hasn't been. I mean, it, it, this is the insanity of it. That they, They've been allowed to get away with it, say, for the last 15 years. But all of these... Uh, terrible misgovernance, dysfunctional choices that they've made. They're all coming home to roost now because mm. everybody's, you know, it's, the, the London's saying, well, we've really got to uh, do this customs thing. But this, uh, <laughs> in amongst that is the hypocrisy of it in terms of on the 1st of January, there's going to be an honesty box system for six months. They're just going to wave everything through. Does anybody see a problem with that? Mm. That's... that's, that's... Well, I was going to say that's crazy and unbelievable, but I, it's difficult to find things that are unbelievable right now um, with just the way that everything's been handled in UK politics um, for the last the last few years. So, yeah. Well, actually, in, in terms of, you know, like, hold that thought, um, last week in Glasgow, uh, there was a seizure of 4 million cigarettes, which was about 1.6 million revenue lost to the system. In Glasgow last week, yeah. so it's not—it's not something that this is Buffalo Bill's big idea for the day. <laughs> this is happening all the time, yeah. and the revenue lost to our NHS and to our communities is criminal. Well, who brought this about? The London government. Yeah. So what I'm suggesting is we've got a blank piece of A4. We can do this so much better. I think. I think. A really important thing that I'm getting from this is about changing the narrative of, of what we talk about when we think about borders. And um, because I think that over the last decade or so, I feel like the right, the xenophobic um, movements have taken over the, the the narrative of what a border means, and it really is about immigration and being anti-immigration. But you've, I think you put it really succinctly and really um, importantly there that actually the border is about a country getting the revenue that it's owed and that money can fund things like the NHS, like teachers, uh, transport and all the rest of it. And I think that is an argument that has been lost for far too long. So I think that's a really, really important um, point to, to, to bring up. It is, and, and, and actually I come back to the legal jurisdiction. What, what I described was a two-dimensional map. Mm. You know, see, see the hard border guy in a sentry box at Gretna. How does he control your next purchase on Amazon and eBay from Japan or Australia? Yeah. How does the hard border fit in with that? Because everybody knows the amount of trading that's taking place in cyberspace is off the scale. So is there revenue there? Of course there is. But so how does that work with having guard dogs and barbed wire between Solway and Tweed? It's insane. It, it, it really is. It's, uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's really, really interesting to hear all this. And, it, uh, you know, I, I feel like even in this, you know, half hour chat that we've had, I've, I've, I've learned so much. And uh, yeah, I really hope that everybody listening to this has as well. So um, uh, tell us, how can people get hold of this paper that you've written? Excellent question. I don't know. Um, <laughs> because for what SIC have said is uh, there's going to be a paper a month. 
Yeah. And they haven't said when the paper will be released yet. I'm expecting to hear out to uh, here today or tomorrow. Okay. Well, in that case, then, I mean, I, I know that there was uh, some of the key points were in, in the national yesterday. Um, but yeah, if 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 anybody listening wants to get a hold of this paper, either look at the SIC social media or look at uh, Voices for Scotland social media because we will be covering it and, and tweeting about it as well. Yep. Also, this podcast will probably go out on Thursday. So um, tonight, Thursday, um, Bill will be joining us at Voices for Scotland in a, a get-together event where we'll probably cover some of the stuff that we've, we've already spoken about. But it's a really great chance for people to ask their questions and get involved in the discussion. So um, yeah, we put under the spotlight again, Bill, I'm afraid. But um, I think it's really important. Uh, you know, I found this, this so educational and informative. And I think when it comes to... Um, campaigning again when we have a referendum date whenever that might be people need to be able to speak about issues like this with confidence and i really feel like the the, the get together events and um give people that confidence and the knowledge so um yeah join us join us tonight at six on zoom you can check out our social media for that as well um but bill thanks so much for that day I, yeah really really interesting really informative i'll look forward to getting a, a copy of the paper and, and going through it in, in more detail but thank you so much for today you're very welcome Okay, we'll see you soon. Okay, thanks a lot. Cheers.